Hello, and welcome back to The Award Us, the podcast for Emmy voters and TV fans. I am Henry Goldblatt, and I am thrilled to be back here in studio with a couple of my friends. Hello, Lynette Rice. Hi, Henry. Entertainment Weekly's TV editor at large. Henry gave me that title, by the way, Kristen. Did you know that? I did. And it's so fitting. It's so fitting. <laughs> Isn't it fitting? <laughs> it's so fitting. And that other voice you hear is Kristen Baldwin, Entertainment Weekly's TV critic. Hello, Kristen. Hi. Nice to have you with us again. What's your title, Kristen? A TV critic. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds important. That's important. I mean, it's sure, very important. Sure, sure. <laughs> I know. I was um, traveling up and down the West Coast and missed our last get together, and I'm so happy to be back. Um, right. In particular, because the Emmys are coming up this weekend, Sunday oh. the 22nd. How did this happen? I know the summer just flew by. It really did. And I thought, I thought sort of in celebration of the Emmys coming this weekend that we would sort of go over our top 10 moments in Emmy history, like the stuff that either made us laugh or touched us or affected us in some other way. I'm looking at you, Lynette, because I can't imagine what your picks are, but I can't wait to hear them. <laughs> um, and I want to emphasize that these picks are in no particular order whatsoever, because at the end, you'll hear our number one pick, which isn't really our number one pick, but it's something that's very, very funny that happened at pre a previous Emmy that we want to talk about. So I think we'll just go around the table and like talk about what what excited us and what moments have really resonated with us. And Kristen, I want to start with you. What what would be your pick for one of the top 10 Emmy moments of all time? Oh, okay. This is uh, probably my, f it's hard to say, one of my favorites, top five, maybe top three. Um, it's from Conan O'Brien, who you guys know I love. And this was uh, for his second Emmys hosting gig in 2006. And he opened the show with an elaborate tape piece that had him traveling through some of the biggest hit shows of that year. First, his plane crashed on an island where he encountered Lost's Hurley. Uh, then he, mm. cra he crashed through the ceiling at the office's Dunder Mifflin's office. Uh, he raced As he raced to get to the Emmys on stage, uh, O'Brien made a pit stop on the set of 24, and then he found himself in the office of one Dr. Gregory House, who gave him a withering diagnosis. Let's listen. Subject could be anemic. Possibly albino. Grossly swollen cranium. Probable macrocephaly. Lips thin, wormy, eyes beady. Age 92. <laughs> you know, this should be um, a key evidence to demonstrate why a host is actually a good thing. Because when they do things like this, it's golden and it makes you appreciate. I'm glad there's an MC up there. Um, and Lynette, well, why are you saying that? Because there's going to be no host this year, correct? There's no host and they're loving the idea. And they obviously love the idea after the Oscars. So it's bec it's becoming a thing. And if they do it right, like Conan did, it makes the show great. And you know what, though? I think they can still, you know, employ a, a late night host or a comedian to do some kind of opening like that. They don't necessarily have to host the rest of the show. But I just wanted to say that um, this sketch is so genius. It ends up with Conan in Dateline's To Catch a Predator house. Um, <laughs> and, and we learn that his screen name is Conebone69. <laughs> <laughs> it's so silly, but it was just, it was such a great, funny way to open the show. So that's one of my favorites. 
Yeah, so it lets everybody laugh at themselves, and it celebrates yes, television yes, at the same time. Yes. It's perfect. I want to draft off that a bit, Kristen, but go in, a bit in the opposite direction. Um, I've been thinking a lot about 9-11, of course, as we all have. It was the anniversary last week. Mm-hmm. And I want to talk about the 2001 Emmy Awards in particular. Um, these awards were scheduled on the 16th, so five days after 9-11, and they were obviously delayed. They were pushed to October 7th, and then those were delayed again because of the start of the war in Afghanistan. And they finally were held on November 4th. And... You know, think back. Nobody knew if we should have a award show, what to expect mm-hmm. of an award show when this um when this happened. And Ellen DeGeneres just did a phenomenal, phenomenal job. Um, I rewatched a chunk of it yesterday and just was reminded how playful and kind and delicate her humor can be. Um, the show opened up with an intro by Ron- Walter Cron- Cronkite saying, you know, we this we're all coming together, and just sort of gave his blessing that this show went on. And like, if there was an elder statesman in that time in the world, it was Walter Cronkite. It was lovely to hear from him and then Ellen starts the show by saying good evening seat fillers security guards secret service personnel and all the wonderful TV stars we love so much who are watching from home (laughs) that's pretty much all I've got I didn't prepare anything else to say I didn't think we'd even get this far and then most memorably um, she comes out in Bjork's swan dress and um, which like she's just wearing it over wearing it over like a t-shirt or something and she's like I guess this is business casual and she was referring to um, the fact that everyone that year really didn't dress up as much I don't know if it's appropriate but I plan on wearing it when we plan on doing the original Emmys in September and everyone knows it's fine to wear Swan in September but is it okay to wear it after September? I don't know. It's duck after October and goose before November but I don't know. I'm going to ask Bjork. And then the ceremony closed with um, Barbara Streisand um, singing You'll Never Walk Alone to Remember the Victims. Um, Just some winners of that year were Sex in the City which was the first premium cable show to win Best Comedy. Um, West Wing which won its second of many, many wins. Um, We had Eric McCormick from Will and Grace, Patricia Heaton from Everyone Loves Raymond. Um, and Doris Roberts and Bradley Whitford and Peter McNichol who won for Ally McBeal and it was the first time he won in that somebody from a Fox show won in that category so it was a it was a memorable show all around Um, and I think we may have a clip or two I mean I feel like I'm in a unique position as host because think about it what would bug the Taliban more than seeing a gay woman in a suit surrounded by Jews I mean, it's it was so perfect. Like she was such she hosted the Emmys more than once, and she's somebody that can be funny without like being too edgy or you know anything like that. So she was a really good choice for this particularly sensitive time. Yeah, Lynette, do you have memories of this one? I do, and I I'm glad that we played that that clip because that was such a great. Um, uh, that was such a great joke, and it, I remember being in the audience and hearing that, um, uh, and the, the reaction to it was pretty extraordinary. Uh, she's another example of why, you know, it's not such a bad idea to have a host, because as we know, she also hosted the Oscars and did uh, such a phenomenal job, and she still will go down in history as you know, the viral moment with the selfie. <laughs> yeah. and, I mean, it, she's, I mean, she's great. I, I, Krista and I went down the rabbit hole yesterday and started watching old you know, we were looking for our our moments and to watch some of these hosting moments with uh, Ellen as well. I mean, if you want to kill a day, go on YouTube <laughs> <laughs> and just watch this stuff. It's so it's so entertaining. It really so entertaining. Is. Yeah, I, I, Lynette, I can only imagine what the security was like at that ceremony, too. And I, can, I remember people being really afraid to go because um, they didn't know what was going to happen. It's extraordinary for all award shows how things changed. And now we have to uh, – the, the, the approach to the red carpet now is so convoluted. They bring out those big old cement 
thingies. I don't know what they call them. The uh, They're like columns and stuff. And so you have to zigzag down the road in your limo. Oh, tough life to get <laughs> to the red carpet. So you're going back and forth. So I guess like we like that makes the limos a, a moving target. So you can't like, I guess you can't rush in and rush out. But every, every show was impacted by 9-11 uh, in, in an extraordinary way. All right, Lynette, what is one of your top Emmy moments of all time? Okay, well, I have the perfect transition out of that because this is all about, you know, staying in the theme of it's how hard it is to put on an Emmy show during a trying time. And my favorite moment in television history and, of course, Emmy history is the 1980 Emmys. This is when uh, the actors went out on strike and they said, hey, we're busy striking, so we ain't going to show up to the Emmys. And for some reason, NBC decided the show must go on. So they got all these interesting replacements uh, to fill in as hosts and whatever entertainment they can have. So like Dick Clark and Steve Allen came in and there's like um, uh, um, uh, the host from The Amazing Animals. Do you remember Jim Stafford? That's way back in the day. <laughs> and then like, um, um, and then executives uh, from the net networks, um, like Brandon Tartikoff at the time, would fill in on stage to present the awards, <laughs> which was so awkward because then after they'd say, okay, so-and-so won, then they would flash like an 8 by 10 glossy, <laughs> oh this God. is the winner. But what made it so painful was they finally did the actor category for miniseries, and the winner was Powers Booth for his uh, role playing the title role of Jim Jones in Guyana Tragedy. Tragedy, and remarkably, he came out of the audience and oh showed God. up. And he was literally the only actor there. And he notably made the quote, "This is either the most courageous moment of my career or the stupidest." <laughs> and I always want. I, we we wrote about this back in two thousand and four in the in the magazine, and I always wanted the opportunity to talk to him. He died in two thousand and seventeen. I was so bummed because that was a ballsy thing to do. For sure, to, he like crossed all of his peers. He, he yeah. crossed all the peers and the actors were very very vocal about how they're not um, showing up I mean this was a great time in television you know that if people were waiting to find out who shot JR you know Alan Alda was a huge star but you know a ton of them just they signed all these ads in the trade papers like Quincy's Jack uh, Klugman and then Benson's Robbie Guillaume saying we ain't showing up oh. and so uh, and, and they didn't it was it was incredible it was incredible that's I I don't remember I don't remember this unfortunately well, I mean, but it's remarkable yeah, it I remember like, your story I, it was like it was I I I don't even remember the show either I mean I was in high I was just finishing high school and stuff um, but I I got a quote when I reported it out back then I got a quote from Lou Grant uh, who's always been active in Ed the Asner? unions at Asner at Asner <laughs> what did I say Lou Grant <laughs> how bad is that. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, <laughs> he said it was a demonstration of our strength to forgo our personal recognition of achievement for the sake of the cause. And by God, it worked. But I, there's not really, you know, you try to find clips of the show and I can't really find it. Yeah. Um, um, Ken Ehrlich, who was the producer at the time, he's gone on to like produce the Grammys. He's been around forever. Um, he actually printed up shirts that said, I survived the 19 Emmy Awards. And he obviously survived them because, you know, He's, you know, huge. Um, he had a great quote to me. He said, you live long enough in this business. There are some things you'd like to forget. It was some effing show. <laughs> oh, my God. 
I love that. Hopefully you can find your story online somewhere. Yeah, I will actually repost it next week. One other addendum. Um, it was at that time, the ratings hit an all-time low of 17 million. Well, oh not an all-time low, <laughs> because last year was an all-time low at 10.2 million viewers. Wow. Can wow. you imagine nobody watched 17 million? Amazing. 17 million, yeah. yeah. And it, 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 you compare it to now, too, it, it's bad. It went, And last year was, of course, on NBC. All right, Kristen, what is your next favorite Emmy moment of all time? Uh, it's a sort of a twofer, but they're related. Um, in 2007, um, John Stewart and Stephen Colbert uh, were presenting lead actor in a comedy. And when Ricky Gervais, who created The Office, won the lead actor in a comedy Emmy for his follow-up series, Extras, uh, the London-based comedian wasn't at the ceremony to collect his awards, so the presenters, John Stewart and Stephen Colbert, decided they'd hand Gervais's Emmy off to an actor who didn't win, uh, their old Daily Show colleague and star of the U.S. office, Steve Carell. And so they give him the uh, award, and they just jump up and down and hug, and it's really funny. And, you know, it's like, so cute, it's Henry. Adorable. Yes, it's adorable. They're just, like, screaming and jumping up and down. So that happened, and then the following year... Uh, Ricky Gervais was a presenter at the Emmy, and uh, he he sort of hijacked the show uh, to demand that Steve Carell, who was sitting in the front row, give him back his Emmy. And we have a clip of that. I'll tickle you. I don't care. I've got nothing to lose here. I'm a nobody here. <laughs> Where is it? <laughs> yes, you have. Stop. Yes, you have. Yes, you have. Give me it. <laughs> so he just keeps <laughs> harassing him, harassing him, and eventually Carell pulls the Emmy out from under his chair <laughs> and gives him oh, awesome. He kept a straight face that whole time. That whole it was time. great. It was really, it was a fun joke. And obviously, you know, uh, Ricky Gervais made a lot of jokes at Steve Carell's expense also about how, like, he, you know, that the office was, the U.S. office was a, you know, pale imitation of the original and all of that. But obviously they're all friends and just joking and making comedy for us at the Emmys. Henry, this is one you got to track down on YouTube because start with the original one when Carell won it because it begins with a big skit, uh, a gag between uh, Colbert and John Stewart, and it's a little long, but it still pays off. It's still oh, really funny. Amazing. And then and then when Carell comes up on stage, it's that, oh that was the year they did the Emmys in the, uh, the Emmys in the round. Oh yeah. my God, I remember that. Yeah, it was on Fox. Yes, I think yes. I was in that audience. Yeah, and it you was were? and I yeah it was so weird. To watch the stage Weird. in the middle, yes. everybody around. It was very uncomfortable. Oh, wait, I was in that audience, too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that was so strange. Yeah, it was really. It's like, okay, experiment done. Yes. Yeah, no thanks. <laughs> Don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. My next moment um, is also one that happened on stage. And Lynette and Kristen, it's the year 2013. And the nominees for Best Supporting Actress in a Comedy are Mayim Bialik from the, the Big Bang Theory, Julie Bowen from Modern Family, Anna Klumsky from Veep, Jane Krakowski for 30 Rock, Jane Lynch for Glee, Sophia Vergara for Modern Family, and Merritt Weaver for Nurse Jackie. So let's pretend that we don't know who won. Who is who who should win and who will win in that category? Uh I I don't know. <laughs> okay, I have the list in front of me. I'm going to go with Jane Krakowski for 30 Rock um, should win, and Julie Bo Bowen probably will win. Right, if that I was, good. If it was back in two th two yeah. 2013. Actually, yeah, I'm, I'm behind that. And Julie Bowen had won. Um, she had won a couple times at that point, had, as had Jane Lynch. Well, no, we were all wrong, and the winner was Merritt Weaver. Uh, and let's listen to her acceptance speech. Ah, thank you so much. Oh, no, thanks so much. 
Um, thank you so much. Um, I gotta go. Bye. And that, my friends, is an 11-second speech. Amazing. I clocked it. Amazing. Um, usually people are, like, thanking their mail carrier's hairdresser right, and, right. like, everyone in the world as they're up there. And Mary Weaver was just like, nope, peace out. Peace 11 out. seconds. And, like, God bless because, you know, everything else, uh, you know, the show goes so long anyway. Like, if, if she wants to keep it short, God bless her. I remember that she's wearing she's wearing a black and white dress yeah. too. Yeah, I can completely picture that, and that's a great Emmy moment. I mean, clearly she didn't expect to win. No, well, <laughs> I mean this 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 field is an embarrassment of riches. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It really yeah. is. Yeah, and she, I mean, and thank God for that because I didn't know who really who she was no, before I didn't that. Either. And now I love her. Yeah, she, she's everything incredible. she does. Kristen just uh, yeah, Kristen she had, Yeah, tell us. Um, she has a show coming up. Doesn't yeah, she's she? got a show called um, Unbelievable coming up on Netflix. It's actually out. Uh, premiered September thirteenth, and it's a uh, sort of a inspired by a true story uh, crime uh, detective drama. She and Tony Collette are two detectives who investigate a series of rapes, and it's like. It's so incredibly well done, and the two of them together are great. And Mara Weaver, her, her performance is just really extraordinary. So, fingers crossed, she may get another yeah. Emmy nomination, and we'll hear another Merritt Weaver speech. That right. would be great. <laughs> it would be amazing. Um, so, that always stuck out in my memory. Um, Lynette, what is your next one? I have another uh, great memory with comedy actresses. This was from 2011, and this is for the um, um, Outstanding Actress comic uh, category. This year, uh, Amy Poehler was one of the nominees for Parks and Rec. And in two years prior, she tried to do a shtick with all the nominees and in the supporting actress category, no, I'm sorry, the the, the best actress category, by having them all wear goofy glasses. <laughs> but she didn't tell the producers what was going on. So while the folks at home saw the camera uh, on each one, they, they, it shows up in the show, everyone has these goofy glasses on. No one in the house knew what was going on, so no one was laughing. So it kind of went for a thud. So in 2011, she lets the producers know, okay, this is what we, this is the gag. All the nominees in the category, once their names are called, they're going to be called to stage, and they all six are up there like a beauty pageant. And then the winner is announced, and then the winner receives a crown, a bouquet of roses, and, of course, the, this little trophy. <laughs> and so uh, Amy, she, she, she only pulled it together like the week before because she said – she I, I talked to her about this, by the way. She, um, uh, she didn't want everyone to overthink it. Yeah. And she called everyone. Everyone was gay. But usually they do the names in alphabetical order. So that means Edie Falco, who was one of the uh, nominees at the time for, of course, Nurse Betty. Um, Nurse uh, Jackie. Nurse Jackie. Jeez. Um, um, uh, Lou Grant. Um, (laughs) 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 um, So she would go first. So she called Edie and she says, I love this idea, but I don't want to go first. Uh, Would you go first? And and Amy's like, oh, okay, sure, I guess. Meanwhile, inside, uh, she's like, oh, my God, yes, I wanted to go first. Yes, yes. And it's so great. You you can find the the clip on YouTube. And when she gets up there, she just like, you know, claps her hand together. Okay, let's do this. I'm ready. I'm ready. And everyone's so confused. 
confused. Like, why is she standing up there? <laughs> yes. It, now, the produ- the pre- uh, presenters were Rob Lowe and Sofia Vergara. They were let in on the act, too. But Rob did such a great job with it. And he had the surprise look on his fl- face. And he actually did uh, improv a line about, I just want you all to know before we announce this, you're all winners in my book. And yeah, you we will have go a clip. On to- we have a clip. We do? That. Yeah. Yeah. Let's, let's play that. I just want to say, girls, everyone is a winner. And I know that you're going to go on to serve this body with distinction. <laughs> he improvised Perfect. that whole thing, did and it was really? so great. Oh he did. God. He did. And the the winner that year was, of course, Melissa McCarthy. And so beyond her genuine look of surprise, it was also fun because, you know, she got her pageantry outfit. And everyone was there to hug and kiss her, and they were all so excited. So it kind of took away that, you know, crappy, oh, I just lost. And they were all able to celebrate together. And so you watch it, and not only was it so super funny it was just it was super heartfelt it was really neat to watch i loved it i sometimes just watch it like if i need if i need uh, like to uh, a little mood boost i will just watch it because it's so much fun well, she said that one of the reasons she wanted to do it because she was inspired by some old clips of Tim Conway and Harvey Corman yeah. back in the day sure. in the 70s. They would always make their uh, moment at the podium funny, even when they won. And and you can find those clips online, too. I'm telling you, you could just burn a whole weekend <laughs> watching these old clips. And they were so good about it. And, they, and Amy loved the fact that they made the awards show like, we're all among friends. Let's just have some fun. Yes. And I feel like when you don't have a host, those moments are harder to pull off. Yes. Yeah. Well, we'll see. I don't know. I feel like the Oscars did a decent job. Uh, so I f- let's see. You know, I'm not too concerned yet, but, you know, about the hostlessness of it all. But I, I would have been more worried if we hadn't seen it happen on the Oscars. And it actually True. was a quite an enjoyable Oscars for Yeah, once. the Oscars, it was the Oscars. I did enjoy it more than other years. Yep. So who can say? All right, Christian, what is your next moment? Uh, so my next moment is, uh, Seth Meyers and Billy Eichner from 2014. Uh, Seth Meyers was hosting newly minted late night host Seth Meyers, uh, enlisted another New York based comedian, Billy Eichner, to help him open the 66th annual Emmy Awards with a version of Billy on the Streets for a dollar game. Uh, but rather than shouting random trivia questions at passersby, Eichner would accost them with TV and Emmy-related queries like, true or false, Maggie Smith doesn't give a shit about these awards. Uh, and the four-minute <laughs> segment was not only hilarious, it also reminded the viewers and all of the stars at the ceremony that the average man and woman on the street really doesn't pay that much attention to the Emmys. And that was certainly uh, proven with this moment. We have a clip here at uh, the, the end of the segment. Miss for a dollar. Name one Emmy nominee this year. Just one. Just one. What is it? <laughs> no, he's not nominated. I'm not nominated. No, name, name one, Miss. Just name one. one. You can do this. You can do it. Any show. Walking nominated. backwards. Name one. Name one. Jimmy Fallon. Yes, yes you got it. Yes. Oh my God, that's amazing. <laughs> Such pressure. And, she, and he says walking backwards because she's walking backwards as they're like, you know, accosting her with the. With the microphone, but it was really such a fun segment, and Billy Eichner uh, has gone on to become an Emmy nominee for these for his uh, show, Billy on the Street. So that's great. Oh, that's very very sweet. I love when he runs away and he gets uh, he says something. Yeah, he harump he something. At one point, and he, he should, dashes. He's running at people, just yelling Dinklage versus Patinkin, Dinklage versus Patinkin. <laughs> <laughs> 
he um, he used to film those right on my street yeah. in Chelsea. Like, so I would, I mean, I'd see him doing it. I'd see him doing it and accosting people, and I always hoped that I would give you a costume and be like, "Bill, you kind of know me." Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> He'd be oh, like, that I, be that's neat. why he didn't accost you because he wanted. And he always gets people who don't seem to know anything. No, it's I know. amazing. It's amazing. How do people not know about the Emmys? I mean, it's a national treasure. Well, <laughs> sadly, I think we know far too much about the Emmys. Right. But anyway, all right. My next one is more serious, and I'm gonna I'm gonna take a <laughs> wild detour to get there, but um, you'll understand why in a moment. Um, Kristen, you recently wrote a review on the 25th anniversary of Friends, and basically how you shouldn't look at Friends in a revisionist type of way. That you should appreciate it for the comedy that it was at the time, and that's unfair to put 2019 standards on um, a 25 year old comedy. Am I summarizing that well? Yes. 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 So that's what I'm about to do to the Emmy Awards. Okay, sure. <laughs> Unfortunately, I, by the way, I agreed with your piece 100%. It's amazing. People should check it out. It's well written and well thought out and very persuasive and correct. Um, but as I said, I'm going to do the opposite with the Emmy Awards because um, Kerry Washington was nominated for um, Best Actress in a Drama in 2013 and 2014. She was the first African-American woman um, to be nominated in that category since Cicely Tyson was in 1995, so almost 20 years. Um, Cicely Tyson was nominated by, um, for playing a character named Carrie Battle in a show called Sweet Justice, which ran one season on NBC, which I didn't remember. So um, for those of you like me who don't remember that show, um, Melissa Gilbert played a lawyer who moves from New York City back to her southern home and works for a progressive law firm helmed by Tyson. So finally, um, in 2015, Viola Davis was nominated for her first year on How to Get Away with Murder, playing Annalise Keating, and she won. She was the first African-American woman to win the Best Drama Emmy ever in the history of Emmys. And let's take a quick listen to her speech. And let me tell you something. The only thing that separates women of color from anyone else is opportunity. You cannot win an Emmy for roles that are simply not there. So here's to all the writers, the awesome people that are Ben Sherwood, Paul Lee, Peter Nowak, Shonda Rhimes, people who have redefined what it means to be beautiful, to be sexy, to be a leading woman to be black. And to the Taraji P. Hensons, the Kerry Washingtons, the Halle Berrys, the Nicole Baharis, the Megan Goods, to Gabrielle Union, thank you for taking us over that line. Thank you for the Television Academy. Thank you. It was an incredibly, incredibly moving moment. And yes, I do ding the Emmys for not being more diverse and representative um, in all the categories throughout the history. I think it's a, I think it's a black mark on the awards show. Um, and just look at, um, I went and like tried to find the last African-American women to win in other categories. The last woman to win supporting actress in a comedy was in 1987, and that was Jack A. Harry for 227. Kristen, shout out to you. Uh, um, I mean... How is that even possible? It's so crazy. The last African-American woman to win Best Actress in a Comedy was in 1981, and that was Isabel Sanford for The Jeffersons. 
And then the best supporting actress in the drama is a little interesting. Tandy Newton won in 2018, mm -hmm. and Uzo Adubo actually won the same year as Viola Davis in 2015. But before that, the last African-American actress to win in that category was in 1991, an actress named Madge Sinclair, um, who I hadn't heard of, unfortunately. Um, she won for a show called Gabriel's Fire on ABC. It was a short-lived one-season show. And um, I think... I think the Emmys deserve to be taken to task for um, this lack of diversity. It's a little shameful. I, I mean, uh, I couldn't believe when, you know, we were looking at this list. And, yeah, it was 2015 that the, the first woman to win, black woman to win Best Actress in a Drama. And, like, wasn't last year uh, the first Asian woman with Sandra Oh to be nominated? Mm -hmm. Like, it's just crazy. Uh, but then, you know, you also think about the fact that, like, it's taken so long for broadcast TV and basically – all TV, uh, to become much more diverse. Uh, it's, you know, one of the things people criticize friends about is how white it was. And it sure was, you know, so this is, it's definitely something that slowly is changing, but as you said, quite slowly. Since that moment, uh, Viola went on to be, uh, uh, a permanent place in the nominees. She's nominated again this year, and she'll go up against Sandra Oh again, uh, Robin Wright, Laura Linney, Jodie Comer, and Amelia Clark. I don't think we we didn't pick her to win no. because she has such incredible competition, yeah. but she just earned her place and she's there. And um, it should be noted, um, Kerry Washington, when she started on Scandal in 2012, she was the first woman, African American woman, in 40 years to headline a network drama, um, which is. Which also was stunning crazy. in of itself, yeah. Um, I want to give a quick shout out to a show that's coming out this fall called All Rise. Um, it stars a woman named Simone Missick, um, who was on Luke Cage. And um, again, she is one of the few African-American women who's fronting a drama. And I'm, I'm really happy to see CBS, um, which has been dinged for its lack of diversity, moving in that direction. And the show's quite good, and I would recommend it. Yeah, they are promoting the heck out of it. Yeah, so she's they definitely a, believe in it. And she, whether this show works or not, she's a huge star. And I, I believe she's a huge star, and we'll be seeing a lot more of her. Viola is one of my most memorable moments, and I'm. Um, I hope you know. I I don't think we picked her to win, but I'd be very very happy if she won again. I think that'd be terrific. All right, Lynette, what is one of your most memorable moments? This just happened last year, and I think it's it's significant uh, because, gosh, we, it seems like we were running out of viral moments from this old show, but I leave it to a director to steal the attention. It's Glenn Weiss. He was up on stage to win directing for a variety of special, and uh, he began his speech with this tribute to his mom, who recently passed away, and then um, he he said something sweet like mom always believed in finding the sunshine blah 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 and then uh, he turned did he go up there with his um, his wife by the way no, or he no, called no, her no, up no you got to listen to the clip because it's amazing she's in the audience and he's addressing her and then you, you'll listen and hear what happens all right let's play the clip mom always believed in finding the sunshine and things and she adored my girlfriend Jan Jan you are the sunshine in my life and mom was right, don't ever let go of your sunshine. You wonder why I don't like to call you my girlfriend? Because I want to call you my wife. <laughs> but yeah, and then the crowd just totally went nuts, and she went nuts, and the camera was on her, and it was amazing. And then she went up. Then she went up on stage, right? Yes, yes. And then, and he had, he had a ring, right? Did he, he have a ring? He, I think had he a, did have a ring. He had a ring. He did, yeah. From his, it was his dad's ring, or, or the ring that his dad gave his mom. And you know, he made that joke about like to his brothers, "I didn't swipe it. Dad knows I have this." And 
And he proposed. And like, meanwhile, the reaction shots in the audience were amazing. Yeah, Leslie Jones, she had this great like little cameo moment. She jumped from her seat. You saw Sterling K. Brown look completely goofy, smiley. Um, Claire Foy wiped a tear. I Everyone was talking about that after the show, which was huge. It was huge. Do you think, she, how much do you think the wife knew beforehand? Do you I think, don't like, think she knew. I don't no, think but she do you knew. think they discussed about like, we're going to get married at some point? Like, oh, yeah. What if she said, ne- what if well, she yeah. said, no. I mean, that I'm sure that would have been, I don't think she would have done that to the poor. <laughs> Can you imagine? It, like, maybe? It seemed like they were <laughs> at the point in their relationship where, yeah, they probably had talked about marriage, but, you know, the recent death of his mother maybe had, you know, she probably didn't think that he was going to, like, propose, you know, anytime around on that. The and then And then on TV, you know. But, yeah, because yeah, she looked totally shocked, and, like, it was just so much fun to watch the people in the audience, too, Um you know, just and Milo Ventimiglia helped um, helped her up on the stage. You know, like so she wouldn't trip. You know, it was just it was such a lovely moment. Yeah, Henry, don't be cynical about love. <laughs> Fair. I was like, it's so funny. Like, I, I guess I am because I until the two of you brought up this moment, I had completely forgotten about it. And it I was, was like, so I was great. like, was it really a top okay. ten moment. Maybe like, it was no. a chick moment. It was a chick. No, moment. No, but hearing the two of you talk about it, like I understand. Everybody remembered that, and that was what we were all talking about. That. At the uh, the governor's ball, and they they got so much love and attention after the show too, which is really great because that's a category that literally no yeah, one nobody cares about. Cares about. Yeah. <laughs> and, and he really stole the moment, which is a great thing. I mean, he's a director; he knows how to make a show great. And by the way, didn't need a host for that, so like we can have moments like this that don't you know without a host. Is all I'm saying. I wonder if somebody is going to try to top that in some goofy way, like riff on that in their own comedic Ugh. way. This year, I hope it's if they do. I hope it's not painful. Well, I hope. Yeah, I, I feel like it would have to be, like it would just uh, be anticlimactic unless the person said no. <laughs> unless like a, and like like or like a female nominee announces at the podium and she tells her husband, "Honey, I'm expecting our first baby." But you know. Oh, see, I'm cute. going. See again, my heart cr- is cold. What if, what, somebody, <laughs> what if somebody's like, "Honey, I want a divorce." I know. <laughs> Oh, honey, God. I've been sleeping. Honey, I've been sleeping with your best friend, and I want a divorce. No, I don't know if that would land quite the same way as a marriage proposal. It has to be. It has to be happy. Yeah. It has to be happy. Yeah, really, kind of big news. Oh no, I want. I want you want, you want some awkwardness? Yes. yes. You want awkwardness? <laughs> oh my God. All right. Speaking of awkward, uh, that segues into our final um, most memorable moment, and um, this is one we all kind of agreed on. And Kristen, but I'll let you just set it up. Uh, so, uh, the year is 1991, and for some reason there's a giant oriental rug on the stage. When you watch, <laughs> when you watch the clip, it's really weird. Um, but anyway, really? uh, yeah. And so, uh, the winner of Lead Actress in a Comedy is Kirstie Alley for Cheers. And she kind of, you know, she's very funny, obviously, and she goes and makes a little bit, you know, starts, starts off by making some jokes about how, like, oh, at least I didn't have to wait as long as Ted Danson did <laughs> to win an Emmy, you know, and ha ha ha. And, um... Then she just, she doesn't seem to really know what to say. She makes this joke about how she had stopped bringing speeches to award shows because, like, she never won. And then the dry cleaner would find her speech in the, uh, in the in her dress and read her speech and laugh at her and all of that. So she just kind of starts petering out um, and has this really interesting uh, uh, sort of summary at the end about uh, thanking people. And here we go. Let's play the clip. And I wanted to thank my husband, and I didn't want to thank him like, you know, I really love him and everything. So I'd like to thank my husband, Parker, 
the man who has given me the big one for the last eight years. I mean, and his but face. The, well, his, but it doesn't change, though. We don't. I don't know if the camera stayed on him long enough to, for him to like totally process what the hell she just said. I wish it would have stayed on him just a beat longer because he kind of remains frozen, like the frozen Hardy Boys look. Yeah, I was going to say. So tell, a lot of people won't know who Parker Stevenson is. So um, he was on Hardy Boys yes. and he was on Baywatch. And this was like at, he, he was at his best, you know, his like peak a, hotness, his dreamiest, peak hotness, dreamiest. Yes. Yes. Yeah, she she got him in his good cute years, and, and and but he doesn't really like react well, after he says that. I do wonder if, like, you could see sort of behind his eyes that he was a little bit like, God damn it. Like, sort of like, th- he's used to this. Look like you read it. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's used to the big one comments. Oh, Christy, well, you again. He's used, he's used to his wife, you know, sort of uh, being inappropriate, whatever. And they were married yeah. for a long time. They did ultimately divorce. In um, 1997. Yeah. Tragedy. So, yes. um... But, you know, I did. He was so dreamy on Hardy Boys, although I was honestly more into Sean Cassidy. Anyone? Yeah, he was like more. I feel like he, he felt closer to our age. Yeah. You know, that we could date him. He was like attainable for us. And he also. Or like, or maybe, yeah. Remember he had the singing career? I had his album. Under oh, you did? <laughs> I wish you still had that. What to, was his song? What was well, his he had song? To do run run. That was his big song. To do run run. Oh yeah! I just got chills. Said, yeah, yeah. And that was, of course, a cover. Um, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that I loved Sean Cassidy. Anyway, I don't even really. Sorry, know how we got on this, but anyway, <laughs> yes, that was that is kind of a classic Emmy moment um, because at that time in uh, what year was it again that we just 1991. Said? 1991. Anyone referring to the big one on television that was pretty risque. I was yeah. gonna say in 2019, if someone said thank you for just slipping me the big one, like nobody would think yeah, twice. They would, so now yeah, but that, now they that just time. say fat penis and get away with it. <laughs> <laughs> no problem. <laughs> And that's the name of this episode, Fat Penis. <laughs> oh, my God. Yes. Uh, maybe that's a great place to end. Yes. <laughs> On that note. I don't think we can top that. Um, that's going to do it for this episode of The Awardist. Um, we will be back the day after the Emmys to talk about the snubs and surprises and stuff that made us happy. So um, be sure to watch your feeds for that. <laughs>